Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down episode 103, and we are starting a new series. Uh, as everybody remembers, uh, about a month and a half ago, uh, we said that we were going to do Yakuza uh, as a returning series, and, uh, and that is exactly what um, we're doing. So we did Yakuza one no or excuse me yakuza zero um and now we are moving on to yakuza proper the first yakuza game um the game that started it all spawned eight nine entries probably more than that more than that heck of a series yeah um uh, including uh, a new uh, series uh, called Judgment, which just so happens they're releasing a new Judgment uh, in a couple of months. Lost Judgment. But uh, today I have with me Matt. Hello, friends. And yeah, so it's a, yeah, it's a pretty active series with you know new mainline games coming out, the, the Judgment spinoff, uh, the Judgment re-release. Recently, so there's a lot, a lot going on in the Yakuza universe. Oh yeah, and then we got to think about like there was that one zombie apocalypse game, Dead Souls, which was not very good. Um, but then there was also, uh, I think there was multiple Yakuza games that took place in feudal Japan. That was like a spinoff. Hmm. Um, where you like play as like samurai, I think. Never played and those. It, st- it still doesn't get supernatural. It's not going Onimusha. No, 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 no. None of this actually gets very. Everything is pretty much grounded in reality as as <laughs> reality yeah. as we know it. Because this game gets crazy. Yeah. But yeah, so we're playing Yakuza One. Uh, so that is, uh, it's so getting into my history. This is a, a weird one. I've mentioned it before. I'll mention it again here just for for the sake of everybody listening. Um, Yakuza was a game that I had never heard of. And it was also a game that got me back into video games. So for about two years... I didn't play video games, and I graduated high school in 2004, and uh, between 2004 and around 2006, mid-2006, I would assume, uh, I didn't play video games, and there was two reasons for that. The first one was because I started college, and I wanted to focus mainly on college, uh, and the other reason was because, uh, for some reason, uh, my PlayStation 2 stopped reading discs. I couldn't get the tray to stay in. It would come out, and I would push it in and hold it there, and it would never read a disc. So I just said, ah, my PlayStation 2 is broken, I, I, whatever, and just kind of let it be. And I've told this story a million times. Um, I was with a college friend. We went into our local GameStop. I, know I knew all the people that worked there, and um, I was looking, just looking around browsing, and I noticed that there was Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater, which was on the shelf. And I said, oh, my God, they made a new Metal Gear. And uh, I remember Fernando was the guy who ran the counter there. He's like, yeah, that came out like last year, dude. Where you been? 
I was like, I well, I'm going to have to pick this up. So I bought Metal Gear. Played it, loved it, and went and I was like, all right, let's, let's see if I can get another game going because I'm 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 back into it. I want to play. I want to find some more games. And so I uh, went up to the shelf for PlayStation Two games, and I saw Yakuza. Now I I didn't know what Yakuza was. All I saw was the cover, which was uh, Kazuma Kiryu. Uh, standing there uh, with his back turned toward the camera and you see that giant dragon tattoo on his back and I was like well, that's, that's that's weird so I looked picked it up and looked at it read the box and everything like that and I asked Fernando I was like well you know anything about this game and he kind of looked at me funny and he was like GTA set in Japan and I was like okay looks cool enough so I picked it up um, the first thing I noticed was that this is not GTA set in Japan. <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard that described two different ways. I heard it as GTA set in Japan as well, and that's a very different thing in my mind. And the, the other way I heard it said was, it's GTA in Japan if GTA had been envisioned from the ground up from Japan, not taking an American GTA and then Japanizing it. Right, and it was it was stated to be like it's you know it's it's more different than you would think than the statement GTA in Tokyo might make you believe. Right. So I was intrigued, and I picked it up. Um, for for a little while there, I was I was assuming this was going to be a little bit more akin to, um, gosh, true crime, streets of L.A. Yeah, that's a hundred percent what I thought this was going to be. Exactly like True Crime. Yeah, and I remember True Crime because it was it played it off as it's kind of open world, but not really, and it's got aspects of shooting, aspects of fighting, aspects of all sorts of stuff, adventuring um, and yeah. missions, and yeah. And I was like, okay, and I picked it up, and what I got was a story-driven game with beat-em-up combat and this story was compelling as hell and it was also bonkers as hell and I was like damn this game's weird but I like it <laughs> I, I was like I, I really like this I was like man this is like, I, like I'm, I'm glued to my seat every time there's a, a cutscene that happens and the big thing is, and when I played this back in 2006, I was um, enthralled with the voice acting because I've mentioned before that, uh, as everybody knows, the majority of the Yakuza series is voiced in Japanese only. They do not have um, English voice actors at all. Um, but the first game, which was released in 2006, was localized in English and had English voice actors. And the big thing here is, and it's a thing that always sticks with me, Mark Hamill played Goro Majima. And he played it like the Joker. I mean, it felt like he was just channeling the Joker the entire time. And it was magnificent. And I was like, this is amazing. I, I like, I was like, this is, this is perfect. And I played the living crap out of this game, beat it twice, I think. I think I, cause I played it once by myself. And then oh, a, couple, wow. a couple of years later, um, I 
was uh, wanting to uh, stream it. Because if everybody remembers, I used to stream video games uh, before it was cool, as a lot of people say. Um, I streamed on Justin TV, uh, which was well before Twitch came along. And uh, uh, one of the first games that I streamed on there was the Yakuza series. I streamed Yakuza 1 and Yakuza 2. I honestly, to this day, think I was like one of the first people to ever actually play Yakuza in the United (laughs) States because nobody had heard of this game. Nobody. And... To be honest with you, I still don't remember when Yakuza got popular here in the United States. Uh, yeah, I, I don't either. I, I remember hearing the name pop up really sporadically, but I never had anyone sit down until you and said, look, this is why you would like this game or you should play this game. It was more just kind of fleeting references at, at most. Do you remember like – in the zombie frog days of me talking about Yakuza. Yeah, I mean that that that's probably where it popped up to be honest. I'm not sure that <laughs> that I that I know anyone else who's even played this game. So this is probably 2010 when I was telling you about this. So this was like probably 4 or 5 years afterwards. And yeah. I, th- I think the the reason why was because there was it was kind of a big deal that Yakuza Three was getting an American release, and one of the big things that a lot of people talked about was the demo that released. They released a demo on PlayStation Three for Yakuza Three, and that was I th- I want to say people played that and said this is interesting, and I think you know when you play mm-hmm. a demo that's free, you know people will download it just to check it out. And I think that's what started getting a little attention for the series. Yeah. Uh, because 3 was... <clears throat> the 3 was the beginning of the popularity, I think. And then 4 came out, and that was really popular. Um, but yeah, it's like I don't know. Like it, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, because I saw it happen. And I was like, hmm, everybody's talking about Yakuza now. I was... I was really big into this game in 2006 when it first came out, uh, and I thought I was the only person. But I guess maybe word of mouth happened. That's the only thing I can think of, because nobody was covering these series, this series at all. Yeah, yeah, they're popping out games left and right now, so something worked for them. I mean, I you know, I, I can only hope that's like a testament to if you keep putting out good product, people will eventually find it. Right. So, Matt, I mean, your history um, was was me, me talking about it. <laughs> yeah, and then and then us deciding this was going to be the year we play through Yakuza, and absolutely freaking adoring Yakuza Zero to the point that it's it's really lowered my bar for the rest of the series because I just don't think any of these other games are going to be able to hold a candle to it. You will be surprised. I think you will be surprised. Yakuza Zero yeah. is yeah. a very very good game. And I would say it's up there as one of the best. Um, I had never played Yakuza Zero before we played it for Phoenix Down, but uh, but yeah, no, it's it's really really good. Um, I it, just yeah, it, there's something about that blend of like really really intense 
emotional and in, and you know just intense character moments juxtaposed with the ridiculousness of some of the you know the side stories but it, it never really gets you know too crazy it, it's all like it's it's moments of craziness it doesn't go too far down crazy paths like you know i i, I don't know like th- there's other games something like sunset overdrive the things that i don't necessarily love so i mean where the whole game is just ridiculous and over the top it doesn't it doesn't really do that it stays somewhat grounded i think only by like its extremes of having such intense character moments right so yeah um unfortunately if you played the ending to yakuza zero for some reason during the the what happened to these people they spoil some of the things that happen in the beginning parts of Yakuza 1. But, uh, yeah, so it starts off, uh, what is it, um, October of 1995, I think. Um, Kiryu, our main protagonist. Uh, has now uh, been a part of the Dojima family for quite some time now after the events of Yakuza 0. And um, him and Nishiki, uh, his friend, if we remember, uh, have uh, kind of made a decent name for themselves. Uh, Kiryu more so than, than Nishiki. But... Um, yeah, they're 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 moving up, uh, especially uh, Kiryu. Kiryu is expected to to be taking a lead role in the uh, Dojima family, and uh, yeah, so we basically do a, a day in the the life of Kiryu in 1995, uh, but this is a very important day in his life because well, some things happen. Uh, the first thing is. It uh, he goes to um, um, his local watering pub, which is uh, uh, ran by Raina. Is that her name? Raina. Raina. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they, there is the intro though that happens before this, right? Where they they do the flyby. You get a couple of minutes of the cutscenes that really juxtapose with this. Well, yeah. So it, it basically. Circles up, so we we get a big reveal at the very beginning of the game, and we eventually circle back to that. So yep. what, what actually like what led to this moment? Um, and I kind of want to just go through it from <laughs> get there, yeah, yeah, just get there instead of just you know throwing it out there. So, um, yeah, Kiryu. And uh, Nishiki go to um, Serena, which is the the bar that they frequent. Nishiki was a big fan of it. Uh, and, and it, you know, I, I like that they start out this way because it really ties well to Yakuza 0. Yeah. I mean, I know you've said it before, but I didn't really feel it until starting to play this, that it's the same city. I mean, th- these could almost just be check- chapters tacked on to the end of Yakuza 0. Yes. In the, in the remake, at least, you know, having played... Playing at uh, Kiwami and not the you know the PS2 version, 
it really feels like a natural extension out of Yakuza Zero. Yes, absolutely. They the the city the layout of the city does not change uh, for the most part throughout That's crazy. throughout Multiple this games, almost can, yeah entire series. Yeah, you can really get to know the city more than you know in, in most video games. Yep, uh, Club Sega is always in the same spot. Uh, Don Quixote is always in the same spot. Everything like that. Um, so yeah, uh, we go to Serena and, uh, have some drinks at the bar there with, um, with Nishki. And, uh, there is a woman there that is, we, we, she's new. She's not part of Zero. Um, uh, her name is Yumi. Uh, now Yumi is, um, what seems like a host. I guess she works as a hostess here. Yeah, I think, well, I think, yeah, they said she definitely used to work as a hostess, right? Yeah. It looks like she does here as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, she's there, and um, the, she, well, just so happens it's revealed that today is her birthday. And so uh, everybody's like, well, we got to get her some gifts, Nishki especially. Um and so he, Nishi shows off this nice little, uh, necklace that he got her. And, yeah, you get the uh, sense he's trying to romance her or something. He's all prepared and has a gift ready and. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's definitely got eyes for Yumi, it seems like at this point. Uh, and then Kiryu is like, I don't, I don't have anything. <laughs> I'm not the kind of guy that buys gifts. Yeah, I don't really not, know what to buy her. Kind of thing. Yeah. And they're like, well, come on, it's her birthday. You gotta do something. So, first thing we have to do is, Go get her something. So uh, they see she Yumi had mentioned earlier in the day that she would uh, she wouldn't mind getting a ring. So, um, but only from somebody that's real special to her. So uh, Kiryu's like, all right, I'll go get her a ring. So there's this fancy new ring. Uh, it's a French made ring that um, uh, Kiryu has his his eyes set on. So he goes to the jewelry store. We go to the jewelry store, purchase the ring. As we're leaving the jewelry store, we bump into a guy, pit pockets us, and well, runs off with the ring. So we have to chase him down. Uh, he tries to hide in plain sight twice. And when we finally catch up with him, he tells us, oh, yeah, I don't have that ring anymore. Well, what did you do with it? I pawned it. Great. So we go to the pawn shop. Go to the pawn shop, and the pawn shop owner's like, yeah you're a Yakuza guy. You're just coming in here saying it's yours and I'm not going to believe that. So you can buy it from me if you want to. So Kiryu runs off, looks desperately for uh, another guy in the Yakuza to borrow some money from. He runs into um, Shinji. Yep, Shinji. And uh, Shinji is a uh, another friend of his um, from the Yakuza. Uh, Shinji is working for the... Um, is he with the jo- Dojima family? Or is he with the Cosma family? I can't uh, remember. Yeah, I thought he was with Cosima because uh, I thought he was part of the same family that uh, Kiryu is, but... Well, remember, Kiryu's working for the Dojima family. Yeah, now he is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... Uh, I can't remember, but anyway, Shinji thinks that he's going to get a hooker. <laughs> so he goes, <laughs> he grabs the money because he's like, it's no time to explain. I just need the money. All right, go have fun, man. 
And so he goes back to the pawn shop. The pawn shop now has raised the, the price. And he's like, what the crap? He's like, well, you can either pay the higher price or you can leave. So Kiryu goes back to Shinji. Dude, I need some more money. He's like, that, that was quick. <laughs> she must be really yeah. good, huh? Yeah, you know no limits. <laughs> and so uh, he gives him some more money. We go back. And at this point, the the um, the pawn shop owner realizes, oh, this actually is his ring. Because Kiryu had mentioned, it's got Yumi's name engraved on it. If you just look at it, I'll I'll, I'll give it, you know. You just give it back to me, which he did. He does. Um, so we get the ring, go back to Serena, and then we we have a nice little birthday party for Yumi. And uh, Yumi is absolutely enamored with this ring. She loves it so much. And you, you can tell that uh, Kiryu and Yumi have a little thing going together. Um, but uh, yeah, that's... That's pretty much uh, the 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 end of that night. They get pretty drunk, <laughs> and uh, Kiryu kind of falls asleep at the bar. Uh, he wakes up the next afternoon. I remember her saying it was four o'clock in the afternoon. Yep. And I'm just like, my god. And uh, he asks, uh, "Hey, he asks uh, uh, Reina." Where is uh, where's Yumi and Nishiki? And um, she says, uh, "Well, um, they left. Uh, Kiryu needs to go meet up with um, the Kazuma uh, family. Particularly, he has to go and meet with Kashiwagi, which he was from. He was in Yakuza Zero. He's the the lieutenant of the Kazuma clan, second in command there." And uh, and he's meeting up with uh, with Cosma as well. Um, during this time, uh, one of the soldiers for the Cosma family busts in and says, "Hey, they've got uh, so Dojima, the the Shohei Dojima, the actual head guy, has got Yumi and." has kind of kidnapped her and got her in this office. So Nishiki uh, finds out about this and decides he's going to go after her. Kiryu also hears about it and is like, I got to go after Nishiki. Something's going to happen here because we don't know what's gonna, what Dojima is up to, what he's planning on doing, but it can't be good. Now, Kazuma tells Kiryu, don't go. Don't get involved in this. It's nothing good can come of this. And Kiryu's like... Wise words. <laughs> yeah. Kiryu's like, I can't help that. I gotta, I gotta help Nishiki. So we leave. And we have to go to the Dojima family office. Uh, when we get there... Well, we find the family, well, Shohei Dojima is is dead. Completely dead, shot multiple times with 
Nishiki holding a gun over him. And poor Yumi uh, sitting there on the couch, basically just in shock. And uh, Nishiki's like, I had to do it. He was going to, well, he was going to do some really bad things to Yumi. So the head of the Dojima family is now dead. And here come the police. You can hear them. Sirens going off. Kiryu says, give me the gun. He takes the gun from him and tells Nishiki and Yumi, get out now. Leave. Nishiki refuses to leave and Kiryu's like, you get the hell out now. Stop it. Take care of Yumi. Just get out of here. I'll handle this. They leave. Police bust in. And there is Kiryu standing over Dojima's body holding a gun. And there's your very beginning of Yakuza 1. Yep, full circle. Yep. So, Kiryu is now arrested uh, and is charged with the murder of uh, Shohei Dojima and uh, serves 10 years in prison. So... It's kind of crazy. He has, he has kind of a knack for getting uh, set up like this. Getting framed for murder? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, while in prison, he gets attacked multiple times. But uh, one time in particular, uh, some Yakuza who are in prison with him are contracted uh, to try to kill Kiryu. And, well, uh, Kiryu beats the guys up and says, Okay, so who put the hit on me? And they're saying, Well, none other than the head of the Tojo clan, Sarah. Sarah tried to kill me? The head of the Tojo clan. The guy who, you know, in Yakuza Zero helped me. And who I also helped is now trying to kill me because I killed Dojima, who was a piece of crap to begin with. <laughs> so, needless to say, ten years pass. Which is kind of crazy it, in any kind of a series. Well, so that's the thing. is like it, it, This was the first game to come out, and we were like, oh, this is what was supposed to happen. Because, see, this game takes place, quote-unquote, in modern day when this game came out. <laughs> it takes place in 2005, which was when this was first released in Japan. Um, nowadays, you know, you're thinking, that's what, 16 years ago? Yeah. So... You know, but at that time, it was like, oh, this happened in 1995. This took place in the past. So, um, but yeah, considering now that we've played Yakuza 0 and we've seen things happen in the 80s and now something happens in the 90s and now it's 10 years later, you're just like, oh, geez. Um, but uh, yeah. You're skipping through decades pretty quick. And I, I like that there were so many, you know, there was the whole kind of like short side mission about the the portable phone in Yakuza Zero, and now, you know, they call out, oh, hey, everybody's got a cell phone these days. <laughs> Nobody uses uh, telephone booths. So it almost seems like some of the jokes are, are tied to Yakuza Zero as well, and, you know, in small ways. 
Oh yeah, definitely. And they, they really push that too. Um, like he's, he is essentially a fish out of water. Um, but, uh, let's see here. He is 37 years old now at this point. Uh, Kiryu is. Um, there's a couple other things I should mention. Um, when he was arrested, uh, he was interrogated by a, uh, detective, uh, named, um, Date. Is that how you pronounce it? Yep. Date. Date. Um, and, uh, Date firmly believes that Kiryu is taking the fall for somebody. He's protecting somebody and I don't care about you, Yakuza. I just want to know who actually did this. And Kiryu never gave him up. Seems like a very Kiryu thing to do. Yes. So, um, that, that was one thing I, I should mention because Date does come back up. Uh, cut to 2005. Uh, Kiryu is now out of prison. Uh, so, uh, in, in Japan, when you kill somebody, you can get out of prison. Typically in the United States, if you kill somebody, and cold-bloodedly shot them to death, <laughs> you usually don't get out of prison. That's just... a, a model inmate. Yeah. Out on good behavior. Yeah, he got out on good behavior as a model inmate, and um, so he is now walking the streets of Kamarocho again. And, uh, yeah, the, unfortunately, nobody can come pick him up. So he has to ride the bus back into town. And when he does, he starts to realize, oh, this place has changed some. Uh, so much, in fact, that uh, he doesn't know who's his friends or allies anymore. The good thing is, is that he actually runs into somebody who who he definitely does know. Uh, first guy he runs into after getting out of prison. Goro Majima. Uh, he, uh, he shows up. Still rocking his end of zero look. Yes, yes. He he rocks that for the remainder of this game, or series, I believe. Uh, and he is now his classic Majima self. He's insane. He is the Joker to Kiryu's Batman. Uh, and uh, he really wants to fight Kiryu. Kiryu's like, I have no reason to fight you. He's like, yeah, but I want to see. I want to see how if you if uh, being in prison softened you up a little bit. You're out of practice, and sure enough, he is. Uh, we get the crap beat out of us by Majima, and he's like, "Yep, you're gonna train with me. I'm gonna find you all the time in the city, and I am going to fight you every time I see you, and I'm gonna make you stronger. That's the whole point of this. Uh, so." This is something new. So this is um, this is something uh, designated to the Kiwami version. Because in the original Yakuza uh, from 2005, uh, Kiryu did not change stances. That is a new feature that they added in, I believe, Yakuza 0. I could be wrong. Um, but... Um, and so one of his stances is the dragon of Dojima, which is uh, his ultimate stance. And you haven't played Kiwami at all before, right? You just played the original one twice? No. So I have I played part of Kiwami. I actually had to review this game. Uh, and I played up to chapter four or five. 
can't remember when I left off. I did not finish it because I had to get the review out. All I was really doing, because I, I, I know the story of this, um, uh, and I just wanted to see how, you know, how, how nice the updated graphics look, which they based the Kiwami version off of Yakuza 0. So all the graphics are based on Yakuza 0. Um, and a lot, most, the majority of the fighting is based on Yakuza 0. They changed that up and they gave you the special thing of Majima Everywhere, which is the mechanic where you will randomly run into Majima and you have to fight him. And if you do beat him, you get a skill unlocked in the Dragon of Dojima stance. Which I also read that there's a fair number of new cutscenes, so it it does sound like a pretty hefty upgrade. This is definitely a hefty upgrade. If you go back and look at some cutscenes from the original Yakuza, holy crap, <laughs> <laughs> there's some big differences. But um, but yeah, so uh, Majima uh, decides that he is going to basically be Kiryu's trainer, going to get him back into fighting shape. So that is one of the the goofy aspects of this game is that you will run into Majima at these random moments, and he is usually dressed up as something. Have you ran into Majima in this playthrough, Matt? Uh, Not since kind of the intro parts with him. Okay. So I've ran into him twice. The first time he was dressed up like a construction worker. (laughs) Second time he was dressed up like a cop. (laughs) And... um, He's just waiting for you. Yeah, he's basically just waiting for you. He, he's 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 just you you walk by and you trigger a cutscene where Majima comes out and goes Kiryu-chan, and he's dressed up as he's dressed up as a cop. <laughs> uh, it's it, it's it's comical and it's goofy and it is pure yakuza. But uh, yeah, so um. That that is one of the new mechanics to the Kiwami version, which both Matt and I are playing. So, um, there's a few things that occur while Kiryu is in prison. Uh, the first thing that happens is that, um, well, um, in 2000, which was five years earlier... Uh, Nishiki uh, grew up into the ranks and became the leader of his own family. He now has the Yishikiyama family. And he kind of runs it with an iron fist. And it sounds like this was a bit driven by everything that happened in the beginning of the game yes so we get, sounds, yeah when when kiryu is arrested we get the cutscene of basically nishiki being talked down to by multiple people including reina saying could you not have done something differently could you not have helped and also his boss you know jumping on him uh, the other Yakuza jumping on him like, dude, you, you, you know, you're useless. You, you know, you, you, you can't do anything right. And he is driven by anger. But in the 10 years 
he has grown to be very high up in the uh in the Tojo clan and has then been allowed to create his own uh family and he uh runs it pretty pretty hardcore um in fact I'll just go ahead and say it we see a cutscene with the family meeting mm-hmm. and Nishiki totally looks like a bad guy. Yeah, he certainly does. Um, and they do it for and, good, the good reason. <laughs> yeah, and, and he, he kind of almost has that origin story now. He's been spurned a bit and, you know, he's always kind of played second fiddle to Kiryu. So, you know, I know he, he was close with Kiryu, but a lot of things happened at the beginning of the game and you can see how maybe they would trigger him off on becoming a little bit power hungry. So maybe not like you're, you're truly evil, bad guy, but definitely your lust for power type of bad guy. Right. If, if that's the direction they're going with him. So, so a few things happen, uh, basically a little bit right before. So, um, while Kiryu is in prison, he does get a letter. Uh, and that letter states that, um, Nobody knows where Yumi is. She basically disappeared uh, a little bit after Kiryu was arrested. On top of that, the day before, or the day, uh, two days before uh, Kiryu gets out of prison, the Yakuza Tojo clan have a big family meeting. All the family is there. And that includes Nishiki, um, Kazuma's there, um, Shimano's there, and of course, Sarah, who is the head of the Tojo clan at this point. He's the third chairman. And they are all having a meeting talking about the big thing that happened. The Tojo clan's giant savings account of 10 billion yen has been stolen. It has up and went missing and nobody knows where it's at. At this point, the entire clan goes nuts. Yeah, because Sarah didn't tell anyone this and he was waiting, I think, to investigate further. Yes. To figure out what happened to it before announcing. And Shimano is definitely mad. And if anybody remembers Shimano, Shimano... Uh, was the big baldy guy with the crazy eyebrows from Yakuza Zero. Kingpin. Yeah, Kingpin, essentially. Uh, also, um, one of, uh, Majima's, uh, bosses. So, um, they all are like, hey, we worked our asses off for that money, uh, and you're just now telling us that it's missing? Everybody's upset. With the exception of Nishiki. Nishiki's kind of sitting there just kind of smiling about it. Uh, So, we get that scene. Cut to Kiryu getting out of prison. Needs to get some leads, figure out what's going on. Uh, 
try to get caught up. So he goes to one of uh, the information brokers, which um, was somebody we ran into in the past in 1995. Um, and uh, he tells us a few things. Uh, there's some uh, a big hubbub going on right now in the city because a higher up in the uh, Tojo clan has been murdered tonight. But we don't know who exactly yet. So that's going on right now. Um, this is chapter two going into chapter three is that correct yeah okay um but uh gosh what else what else happens matt take take over for a second what what, what am i missing (laughs) i'm forgetting uh who actually tells us who was killed Sure. I'm not sure either. Holy crap! I can't remember. What was it? Was it Date? I feel like it has to be Date. You know, because it's Date and the informant are kind of the two people spilling information in this section, right? And we, and we meet both of them. Yep. Um. In fact, Date sits us down, takes us to a bar, and we have a drink. And I'm pretty, yeah, so pretty sure it's Date. Date got moved out of homicide and got moved into like a vice, basically, which is dealing with like the Yakuza organized crime. Um, but uh, yeah, so we find out. I'm going to say via Date because I can't remember which higher up in the Tojo clan was killed, and it was none other than the third chairman, Sarah. Sarah had been murdered, and nobody knows who did it. It's also weird because that wouldn't be impactful at all here had you not played Zero. Exactly. Right, like we we know who he is now because of Zero. So uh, it's crazy how many things happen in the beginning of this game that I'm like, oh, this really feels like an extension because why would I care about any of this if I hadn't just finished the first game? It's true. But back in those days, we were just like, oh, the, the head of the Tojo clan was killed. That was it. Yeah. Just big things are happening. Yep. So, uh, we then have to go to the funeral. They're having a funeral for Sarah and at the Tojo clan um, headquarters. Well, obviously, we can't just show up there. We're a guy who killed one of the head families of the Tojo clan. So, we got to go incognito. So we put on a black suit and put on some sunglasses, and that's our incognito, apparently. That usually works. <laughs> yep. And uh, there's a few things we have to do here. Uh, we have to pretend that we're part of the staff for the funeral service. Uh, I have to go get a, a badge, like a little ribbon, showing that we are one. Uh, we're basically meeting up with um, uh, Shinji. Nope. I know who told us who it was. It was Shinji. I totally forgot about the other part. We had to go meet with... uh, We're trying to get a meeting with Kazuma. And Kazuma uh, has an informant who runs a nightclub. 
Totally forgot about the nightclub. Yeah, Stardust. Yeah, Stardust. And I can't think of this guy's name. What's the guy who runs Stardust? He comes back up, but damn, I can't remember his name. Let me scroll down. Fuma? Fuma? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. Well, either way. Guy runs the nightclub. Um, and, um, basically we're looking for him because, uh, he can get us a meeting with Kazuma and, um, decides that, uh, we, we go to the, the, the nightclub we meet up with him after, well, beating up his bouncer guy because he, he doesn't like Yakuza coming into his nightclub. Uh, and the reason why is because um, they don't take protection money from the Yakuza. Uh, and the reason why is because Cosmo is secretly <laughs> uh, giving them uh, protection and uh, benefit, benefits um, without any of the Tojo clan knowing about it. Cosmo's still up to his old tricks. And that way he can use it as kind of like a meeting point for for people. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, this, this is where we find out Sarah was the one that was killed because we run into uh, Shinji there. And Shinji tells us. Shinji is also going to be the liaison that gets us in to talk to Kazuma. Um, so uh, now we go to the funeral. And we're going to meet Shinji in the back of the of the uh, the headquarters. And he's going to take us to meet Kazuma. So, after pretending to be a funeral home director, <laughs> we decide to uh, meet up with Shinji. Shinji takes us to a a room in the um, in the headquarters, and sure enough, here comes Kazuma. Now, Kazuma is now a very I wouldn't say very old man, but he's he's getting older in age. He, he has a very bad limp now. And um, he sits down and talks to us. So he informs uh, Kazuma, or excuse me, Kiryu. I was going to say Kazuma again. Uh, Kiryu of um, the fact that huh, uh, somebody in the Tojo clan they believe is the one that killed Sarah. They also believe that he was killed because, well, we're missing 10 billion yen somewhere. And that's causing... A pretty big ruckus. So, um, and as we're talking, and as he is beginning to talk about Yumi, which we is now revealed, which I guess Kiryu already knew it, but the audience didn't know it, is that both Yumi, Kiryu, and Nishiki all went to the exact same orphanage together that was ran by Kazuma. Um, as he's getting ready to talk about uh, Yumi, who has been missing for quite some time now, uh, a sniper is posted across the street, shoots through the window, and hits Kazuma 
in the shoulder. Doesn't kill him, but he does shoot him. At that point, Ruckus is heard. The, uh, the, the room gets stormed by a bunch of Yakuza. And they start to blame <laughs> Kiryu for shooting Sarah. <laughs> or not Sarah. Yeah, but, this uh, guy who's killing everyone. Yeah. First Sarah, now you're trying to take out, uh, you're trying to take out, uh, Kazuma. So, um, now begins the, uh, the brawl, the gauntlet of getting out of the headquarters alive. And holy crap. I was not prepared for this. <laughs> yeah, I was like, my fingers aren't used to this after playing Lost Odyssey. Yeah, definitely. But uh, uh, I made it through the gauntlet. But what I didn't make it through was, um, well, we get stopped at the very end. And we have a boss fight. It's our first boss fight of the game. And that is between um, Shimano. Big, big, baldy guy. He's like, you're not going anywhere. And this is where the the Kiwami part reared its ugly head. They taught me in the opening how to stop people from regenerating their health. They only showed me once. I didn't understand it. I don't know how to do it now. Do you know how? Nope, I didn't even know you could do that. So there is, so you have a ultimate heat attack. I think it's called a climax attack, right? And if they start to sit there and breathe heavy and regenerate health, you can switch, and glow and glow. You can switch to a certain stance that they are weak to, and do a ultimate heat move. That does damage to them and also stops them from regenerating health. I was I did it one time when they showed me how to do it. I I thought I was paying attention, but I have yet to figure out how to do that since. Yeah, every every time that situation's happened so far in this game, I've recognized it and said, "All right, I need to switch stance and then triangle him." And I've switched stance two or three times, and I've never seen – I've never done it in time, I guess, or switched to the right stance in time at least to allow the triggering of that. So I I feel I like I haven't done something right. I feel like it's, it's either – it's something that's buried in the upgrades, and I haven't got the upgrades for it yet because the whole deal is is that Kiryu – at the beginning of the game, Kiryu has like a giant health bar – and also yeah. has all these moves, and he's really powerful. And because he's been in prison for ten years, he has lost a lot of his abilities, and he's rusty. And you're supposed to, you're supposedly learning all of his new moves again. Yeah, and holy crap, you are because all of these big fights took forever yes. for me. Yes, every big fight in this game so far has been very slow. The Shimano fight was annoying because he regenerates his health. Not once, but twice. And he hits through a lot of my combos. Yes. He has super armor where I can punch him and he's still attacking me. Yep. And it is annoying. I also don't feel like... The reason I liked beast mode so much in Zero was because as soon as I picked up a motorcycle and started swinging it, I was the one that was invincible. Right. 
but so many times so far in this, I've picked it up and just started to swing it, and then I get I get it punched right out of my hand. Yep. So I, I yeah, I think I need to start leveling. Yes. So the leveling system is a little different in this game than it was in Zero Zero. Your money was your experience points essentially. And every time you punched a guy, money would fall out of him. And this one, every time you beat up a person to where their health is down to zero, you get experience points that then go into a level. Every time you level up is a skill point, and you can use those skill points to unlock skills. There's four different categories. Um, uh, there's like soul, technique, and, and body, I believe. And there's also the fourth one, which is something you don't put skill points into because that is your dragon of dojima uh skill tree which fills up every time you beat majima so um yeah you can raise your maximum health through upgrades you can learn new abilities through upgrades and you can learn new um variations of the stances so you know, this unlocks a new move in the brawler stance, or this unlocks a yep. new move in the rush stance, that kind of thing. That's what I need to do, just so I've got a little bit more flexibility in the fights. Yeah. So you're, So what is the money for, then, in this game? Just buying, buying stuff. useless crap? Well, it's not useless. I buy a bunch of health items. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they... I, I've loaded up on them and stayed loaded up, but they don't take very much money. Like, in some games, you know, you might be struggling to get enough money for health potions drinks in this game i mean i i'm maxed out and you know that that takes no more than like 10 percent of my money right well then you should be good yeah Let's i guess i'll start buying health. the better ones maybe yeah buy the better ones. although <laughs> i guess my health bar is so short i don't actually even need the the bigger ones well it's actually pretty cheap to unlock some pretty pretty nice health bonuses yeah. uh if you got 20 experience points you can probably get you can probably almost double your health gauge. Yeah, that's what I should probably do first next time. I haven't haven't spent any time like grinding at all or getting into street fights much or you know or or actually leveling. There hasn't been many opportunities to do it so far. Yeah, which I think is the reason why the Shimano fight sucks so much. It's because you haven't had the you haven't had the ability to grind or essentially fight enough to get experience. But uh, you will a little bit later on. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, after beating uh, Shimano, um, uh, we get chased out into the street as the Yakuza are trying to chase us down and surround us. Uh, a car speeds in, and oh, it is the Detective Date. Yeah, they make a point. You, you get to see him kind of lock eyes with Nishiki as well on his way out. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I don't really know how much Kiryu knows about what Nishiki's been up to while he's been in prison. Yeah, no, no, definitely not. And this is when we get the rundown of everything at the bar when we run in back into Date. Yeah. And uh, talks to us about that. So... um I guess they uh, what they suspect is, or what is does Date suspect that the uh, the money's been taken by you know who? Yeah, I I know it comes up at one point here. Yeah. Um. 
No, it's not revealed by him. It's revealed by one of the Yakuza that we fight toward the end of this chapter, chapter four. Mm. Um, but um, basically, Date knows that uh, Yumi disappeared, but her sister is in Kamurocho, uh, and um, she runs a bar that opened up a few years back. So we go and we decide to meet up with uh, Rena at uh, Serena and ask her, hey, you know anybody about this bar? She's like, actually, I know the person. I know uh, Yumi's sister because she come and worked for me for a while. And um, she wanted to open up her own bar, so she did, but she I, I haven't heard from her in years. Uh, so she tells us to go to the uh, Bacchus bar. Yeah, says you'll know her when you see her because she basically looks like Yumi. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the Bacchus bar, um, she said the, the the guy who owns that place knows of all the bars in town, and he should know of uh, the bar in question. So the bar in question is called Aries, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we go to Bacchus. And uh, when we go to Bacchus and we open the door, a very grim sight there, uh, as soon as we walk in, everybody at the bar's dead. Uh, what I'm assuming is shot. So even patrons, the bartender himself, everybody's shot. Kiryu is kind of shocked at this. He walks into the bar and he sees uh, someone behind the bar. And when he looks there, it is a little girl holding a gun. And by little girl, I mean maybe six years old, seven years old. Yeah, I was going to say five or six, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Kiryu decides, all right, we got to get out of here. Uh, we really, really don't need to be here right now. <laughs> um, so uh, we leave, and uh, uh, we talk to this little girl saying, what the heck were you doing in there? And she says, I was looking for my mom. Uh, and this little girl's name is uh, Haruka. I believe. Is that how you pronounce it? Haruka? Yeah, I think I think so. And uh, she's looking for her mom. Um, because uh, she said that she knew that her aunt... Uh, she hasn't talked to her mom in, in years, if ever, I don't think. But uh, her, mo- her mom's sister, her aunt, uh, has been uh, sending her letters... And uh, she decided to leave the orphanage that she was staying at, which was, well, it was... Um, the I mean, as soon as they say orphanage, you, you can assume it's the same one, right? It's the same one, yeah. Uh, that's when Kiri was like, uh, it's the same same orphanage. What she said, was it Sunflower? Yeah, Sunflower. Sun, is, it, is it Sunflower? I was going to say Sunrise or Sunflower. Sunshine, Sunrise. Yeah. It's one of those. It's the same orphanage that Kiryu went to. Um, but uh, she she ran away from the orphanage to come to Kamarocho to find her mom, and uh, because her aunt, uh, which uh, what, what is Yumi's sister's name? I can't even remember. Mizuki. Mizuki, because Mizuki is is in town, running a bar. So she decided to go look at bars to try and find her her mother, or her her aunt. Um, and yep, that's when we piece together. Oh, you are basically Yumi's niece. 
Well, it just so happens I'm looking for Yumi too. But in between that, we have to, uh, well, we run into a little dog who is getting uh, rocks thrown at it by a bunch of assholes. We'll beat those guys up, and now we have to take care of this dog, which is a, a nice little wild goose chase. We have to go get some food, and then we can't serve him food without putting it on something. And he also wants some water, so we have to go get him some water. Then we have to go get him a plate. And I was just like, wow, this is... Not what I want to be doing right now. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing about the ring mission in the beginning and all the back and forth there on getting the money for it. Uh, slightly amusing, but weirdly, like, again, kind of abstract and kind of random and kind of padding. not at all in, in line with the story. Yeah, it just feels like padding. And when the game opens up to get to that point, that seems fine. But to start off with some of these weird fetch quest type missions you know it, it does definitely kind of drag here a little bit yeah but uh yeah we helped the dog out and uh um, poor haruka uh she passes out we have to take her to um serena and to uh leave her with um with uh rena and uh that's when it's revealed that uh oh haruka knows exactly the bar where the bar is that uh that her aunt runs. It's actually in the Millennium Tower, which is a, a new skyscraper that was built about four years ago. So uh, we uh, follow her there, and um, she even knows the passcode. So we get into the elevator. <laughs> we get into the elevator, and we can't even press the floor that uh, the bar is on. And she's like, wait a minute, I don't know how to do this. And she hits a couple other buttons, and there's like a passcode that you have to use on the elevator to actually get to that floor. She's like, oh, yeah, uh, my aunt wrote to me the passcode. Yeah, the only thing I didn't like here, I rolled my eyes a little bit because I'm like, is this just going to happen every time they get stuck? It, you know, assuming that Haruka is part of this story, you know, for more than the next hour or two. I'm imagining a scenario where she's always around, they always get stuck, and she's like, oh, yeah, this was written to me in a letter, so, you know, I, I know this thing, or I know where to go, or I know this person's name, or something completely random that she probably wouldn't remember. Right. So, you know, th this one thing, I was like, yeah, all right, why why would the mom tell her the passcode when she never, like, really intends to see her? Because I think Haruka says she's never even met her mom before. Right. Well, so, it was a passcode... It's weird. I don't know. But, you know, but it doesn't really matter. Maybe Yumi, Yumi knew she was going to come. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's a big reveal later. Yeah. So, um, we uh, go to the bar. The bar is completely empty. We're looking around. We see a picture of her. And, yeah, sure, she's, she looks just like, uh, looks just like her sister. Um, and while we're there, um, there, uh, comes, uh, a bunch of, uh, Yakuza that show up, uh, and these, uh, uh, Yakuza are working for the Omni Alliance. Yep. Uh, and, uh, one other thing that, that was revealed to us, um, I believe through Kazuma or it might've been Date, I can't remember, is that Nishiki, uh, even though he is 
part of the Tojo clan has been working with the Oni um, Alliance, which is a whole separate organization. Um, and that's why he asks, um, or, Ka- or, or Kiryu asks, he's like, oh, you guys are here on orders of Nishiki? And he's like, no, nope, we're not. And even if we were, we wouldn't tell you. <laughs> but uh, he's like, oh, so what are you here for? Are you looking for, for Yumi or are you looking for her sister? Nope, we're here for the girl. It's also revealed that the Oni Alliance firmly believes that Yumi was the one that stole the 10 billion yen. Yeah, that's what it... So it says that they... Because they were about to like beat him up and he got a phone call and they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll let you answer that. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that was Date? Date, yeah. Tells Kiryu that it was Yumi? Yeah. Yeah, we were, were under the impression that Yumi was the one that stole the 10 billion yen. And can I meet you tomorrow? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll tell you all about it. And they're like, okay, all right, so uh, we're going to kill you now. And, of course, Kiryu's like, eh, to kill me means you got to beat me. <laughs> and I feel like you're getting ahead of yourself here. <laughs> yep. So we beat up these guys. Uh, another little bo- mini boss fight, I would say, with this guy. Another one that took ages. Yeah, he healed himself twice. But, uh, yeah, um, was able to, uh, beat those guys. And then, um, yeah, I, I, uh, saved my game here. Anything happen after this? Uh, no, not really. No. I only played like, you know, 10 more minutes until I got to the next save. Gotcha. Yep. So, uh, the... Only Alliance is obviously after uh, Haruka for some reason. I'm assuming that uh, they're wanting to get her as use her as leverage to get either Yumi or her sister to come out of hiding and give them the 10 billion yen. But we shall see. So what are your thoughts on Yakuza 1 compared to Yakuza 0, Matt? I think it's a little bit of a bumpy start. Sure. So, you know, mostly because of these really slow periods due to some of these fetch quests. And two, I need to sink back in and look up some family trees here. Uh, You know, and just because, you know, it already feels like there's going to be a lot of backstabbing and I just want to make sure I know who is at least nominally working for who. Uh, before the the backstabbing and all the double crossing starts to happen. So, what are you? Who are, who are you cloudy on exactly? Uh, nobody in particular yet. I just so Kiryu is not. So Kiryu has basically been excommunicated from the. Yeah, they have a specific word from it, right? They're like, we haven't completely banished you. We've just like, whatever the word is, that we've excluded you, yeah, or excommunicated you, or something. So, because they they make a point somewhere in here in the in the earlier parts to say, well, I mean, he still has a chance. He can work his way back into the good graces. It's not like 
it's not like he's been permanently banned. Yeah. So he's not been he's not been kicked out of the Yakuza. But he is definitely not liked by a lot of people. Yeah. So we got the Tojo clan, which was ran, obviously, by um Sarah. Yeah. He's the top guy. Uh then he's got his his families that are below him. So the, the big players in this are the Cosma family, which is ran by Kiryu's adopted father. Yep. Um you've got uh the uh, Shimano clan which is or the Shimano family, which is um ran by Big Baldy. Um and right below him is the Majima where he works. Uh you have uh the uh Nishiki Tama Nishiki Yama clan or family, which is obviously ran by uh Kiryu's old uh childhood friend Nishiki, who also went to the same orphanage as he did. He is yep. also the adopted son of Kazuma. Yeah, it's interesting there's a couple of uh couple of scenes with him and his like his lieutenant. Yes. Where there's a bit of a power struggle there. Yeah. So uh, Kazuma allowed um, Nishiki to make his own family and gave him some of his best men. And this is essentially, maybe there was a gap there that he needed to fill because obviously this was going to be Kiryu's role yes. had he not been in prison. Yes. And uh, this was, I think, whenever they were first forming the family, uh, he was having some turmoil between his lieutenants and himself. And you can tell that now, like in 2005, when Kiryu is now out of prison, he's basically got a pretty firm grasp on his family. Yeah, but his 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 lieutenant there does definitely not respect him. No, no. And he's like, "We're only here because we were told to be here." Yeah, you haven't earned this, which you know it is its own kind of power struggle, and definitely fits in with Nishiki's seeming insecurities which I like, right? This is a thing that's been going on ever since Kiryu went to prison and he he hasn't been able to solidify that that command and that power and that influence and that respect so it's clearly still eating at him Yes, absolutely and I think that's, that's all that we've met so far in this game for the most part, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, so yeah, uh, it's uh, the, trust me. The, these these games can get confusing because I I was when I first played this game, I was highly confused for a while there. I was like, I don't know, I don't know who, who half these people are at this point. It was I was getting Game of Thrones vibes. Yeah, it's kind of like oh, dot who you know who's Date loyal to, who's Aoki loyal to. You know, I, I like that. You know, there, there's already it's like, oh, well, I'm in, I'm in the clan, but I'm I'm only here as a spy. So, you know, there's there's definitely some some setups here for some double crosses. Oh gosh, yeah, and you're definitely gonna say them too. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I do really like how much of an extension it feels like, because I really feel like yeah, had I jump, had we jumped into plain old PS2 Yakuza, it would have been pretty jarring. Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, to the point where it wouldn't have felt like a continuation, I don't think. Because I'm, I'm looking at screenshots of it now, and 
while I, I do kind of adore those PS2 era games, right? I spent a lot of my life playing a PS2. Right. Uh, I mean, this is just a nice, sleek, modern take on it. And, and because it's so tight to Yakuza 0, I, I don't know. It, it just it, it feels easy to get into. There's no There's no barrier of entry here at all. Going with the the context you get from Zero also helps out a lot. Yeah, the, and not having played it too long ago helps out. Yeah, so the 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 biggest thing for me and, and was the change between Majima because like, like I said uh, when we did Zero, I was like, what? <laughs> and it's like Majima is a crazy person. <laughs> yep. And uh, yeah, he. Uh, and in my mind, my Majima's not. Yeah. My Majima's passionate, and you know he has harbored, harbored his uh, not really resentment, but his his goals for so long that I, I don't know. It still feels a little jarring having seen him in the beginning of this game. And I, I mentioned before this that I, I was going to look up. Uh, a, a video about this game and the video I was looking up was why he changed and I know it was in Yakuza 0 but it, it seems like such a huge change especially now coming back to him when you spent what 95% of Yakuza 0 with mild mannered Majima yeah and only at the very end did he change. So, I, you know, I was like, well, I mean, shouldn't he probably change back? After, you know, most of my time he's been, quote-unquote, normal Majima. Uh, and knowing that he doesn't means I'm like, wow, that maybe there's more, maybe they reference back to what happened in the future games and it really solidifies this change more. But I don't, I, I don't know. I, do, I don't think so. Yeah. So, so Yakuza Zero really was just the explanation. And that's yeah, it. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Why, why is he crazy? Yeah. And that that yeah he he was tortured and saw a lot of really bad things happen to people. Um. Yeah, that's that's the best way I can describe it. it, it but it it was it was nice seeing that that contrast, uh, especially since I had played you know up through four. I was like, oh, yeah. Man. But I mean, didn't most of his, at least physical abuse happen long before Yakuza zero even started. So it, it wasn't right. When he spent a year being tortured, that was all well before Yakuza zero takes place. Well, true. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like something happened. I, I don't know. It just, it feels like a little bit of a disconnect or like I just needed a more or maybe I've just kind of forgotten some of it. I don't know. Partially, he also had to change the way he thought and, and acted because he knew he had to basically give up a life with Makoto. So that that was really the bigger Yakuza Zero trigger then, right? I think because, so. Yeah, okay. I guess that makes sense. He he just he just went kind of nuts because he knew he could never be with this person. But that also kind of seems like the thing that could fade over time, and it doesn't sound like from the series that it does. I mean, 
We'll see. Uh, okay. Okay. He, I mean, he, Majima is a crazy person. <laughs> I mean, there's, there, there's no going around that. <laughs> through and through, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, him and Kiryu eventually, they, they are rivals is the best way I can describe it. More yeah. than, more and than I, I do villains. like this kind of, yeah, exactly. I like this kind of, this kind of almost like a symmetry where they can be antagonists to each other, but you know the the end of Zero and even what we've seen so far of Majima in Kiwami here is there's a bit of a almost like we'll both be better as long as we have each other nipping in each other's heels and pushing each other, and if one of us were not around, the other one would get soft. Yeah. So I, I kind of like that as well as as a bit of a dichotomy between the two. And maybe they want very different things, but they almost need each other. Yeah, pretty much. Assuming it ever goes in that way, maybe I'm you know projecting a little bit, but it certainly seems like what they've set up so far. Yeah, but that's um, that's it. We went through chapter four. Um, this one's going by a lot faster than zero was, which I kind of figured would be the case. Yeah, it sounds like it'll be like half the length yeah i would assume about half the length um some of the chapters give a little bit longer especially whenever you start having more exploration in camarocho yeah uh, which is coming up but um but yeah that's i i'm okay with it being a little shorter yeah me too i mean i uh, again i love yakuza zero part of it was i felt like we spent so much time with those characters and that story just beat after beat, you know, pair of chapters after pair of chapters. There was cliffhangers everywhere. I mean, it was it was a long game, but it was by no means whatsoever a slow game. No. And to me, for a, for a game that took over 30 hours to finish, that in and of itself is a pretty rare accomplishment. Yeah, absolutely. Running into something so, like that. Yeah, and I don't mind a shorter game, but I was just surprised that a game could be that long and have so many important beats happen throughout it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. But yeah, that's going to be it for us. If you'd like to send us an email, it is drew at ztgd.com. Uh, you can also tweet to us. I am at Drew Leachman. Matt is at REMGS. And the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. But uh, yeah, I uh, we record on Wednesday this week. Um, and um, I... Well, to be honest with you, I forgot to tweet out saying, hey, we were recording this week. So um, I'm sure we'll get emails next week, which is fine. So definitely shoot those to us, and we'll read them out on the show. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be it for us this week. I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, Until next time, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're gone. Hope you guys have a great week, and we'll be back next week with the continuation of Yakuza. Bye.